fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, it is uh, interesting that only a segment of America is concerned about what happened in this IG report where Horowitz did an investigation into the investigation to the Trump campaign. This is something that every American says they are terrified of, which is abuse of power by the most powerful people in the country, which you tell me who has more uh, power to arrest and to investigate than the FBI and the DOJ. And when you have leadership in both agencies, both of them doing the wrong thing, Every American should be worried. If they can do this to a candidate for president, they can do this to anyone. They would have gotten away with this had it not been that Donald Trump got elected president. We would have never known that this happened. So exactly what did Horowitz find out and why didn't they see this coming? We talked about this or I talked about this over a year ago. This is something that should concern every single American out there. And it's the fact that leadership in the FBI was able to dupe a court into surveilling an American for political purposes. It should worry every one of us. And we're going to find out. We're going to talk now about how serious this is because the ripple effect and long-term effects of this are just now being shown. Talk about that here in just a moment. I'm Mike Broomhead, and this is the Glenn Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, the fact of the matter is, when we look at this uh, FISA case, every American should be concerned. We should be able to pull Donald Trump's name out of it, which I've been saying for a very long time. My name is Mike Broomhead. I'm in for Glenn today, and I want to thank you for being a part of the show. Merry Christmas. The important things that are facing this country right now, when the president said drain the swamp, this is a part of what the president said. But if I could, and I don't know that I can do it, I wish I could, Remove Trump from the equation because of the polarizing figure that Donald Trump has become. The left has a seething hatred for him. And you understand when you hate something, you can never do anything wrong to them and they can never do anything right. But what happened to President Trump, what we're seeing now, what's been revealed in a report, and there's some very important things about this IG report that America must understand. Number one, he had no arrest nor subpoena powers. No one had to talk to him. The only people that spoke with him were people willing to speak. And what he found was damaging. But when you look at what's happening or moving forward, there is a criminal investigation going on right now. The U.S. Attorney's Office is looking at this, and they are going to, they do have subpoena and arrest powers. You are going to see very prominent figures lawyer up. When the IG report came out, the first thing James Comey said was, this vindicates me. Lindsey Graham asked Horowitz under testimony, uh, is he vindicated? To which the inspector general said, this doesn't vindicate anyone who ever touched it. So then James Comey went on with Chris Matthews, or I'm sorry, Chris Wallace, and said, you know, he's right, and I was wrong. He didn't take any blame. He pleaded ignorance. He said, I was ignorant. I didn't know this was happening. It shouldn't have happened. Well, when you look at the investigation, there's a reason why James Comey and Andrew McCabe ran that investigation out of headquarters. It was so they could dot the I's and cross the T's, correct? They wanted to make sure that everything was done right. Everything was done right. And it wasn't. This was political from the word go. And I don't necessarily, when I say political, do I mean Republican, Democrat, I think this was self-preservation by McCabe and Comey. 
They had to investigate Hillary. They had to investigate Trump. And they didn't want their names on a bad report when dealing with the one that would become president. And they guessed, like everybody else guessed, that it was going to be Hillary. Now, without going into all of the other parts of this, look at just what happened in the request for a FISA order. They went to a FISC or a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court with a boatload of shoddy evidence and claimed it was all true. As a matter of fact, during the time when the media in America was defending all of this before they had any of the proof either way, one of the CNN anchors said they the dossier was used as evidence. They must have verified it because they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't use it if it wasn't verified. That's not how they operate. That's not how they're supposed to operate. A little insight into FBI um, former agents with the FBI, there is a very strong fraternity of for, former agents. They take the character and the um, the honesty of the agency very seriously. These are people that are very well-educated, intelligent people that could have done a lot of other things and made a lot more money, but they dedicated their career, well, since 9-11 in, in counterterrorism and keeping America safe. And doing so within the confines of the Constitution, they take that very seriously. The reputation of FBI matters to former agents of, F- of the FBI. And when you see former agents with a seething anger toward what James Comey did for political purposes, they can't stand it. Start at the beginning of the fact that they ran it out of headquarters, not out of a field office. James Comey is not an investigator. James Comey is a bureaucrat. He had no business touching an investigation, number one. First and foremost, without a doubt, that never happens, nor should it happen, and this is why. But when you look at what they did to Carter Page, they took a document known as the dossier that was riddled with lies. The dossier was written by a man named Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele was a British agent and a Russia expert. He was hired to go to the Russians to get dirt on Donald Trump. He wrote things in that dossier that were so untrue. But it's opposition research. So when Hillary Clinton's campaign says sources say this and sources say that, Donald Trump was doing horrible things with prostitutes in a hotel in Moscow. Well, the president's lawyer comes out and hands over his passport and says he wasn't even in Moscow when they say this happened. That's a political fight. When you use that dossier as evidence to surveil an American, you are swearing to a judge that this is stuff you've proven. They didn't vet this dossier, one, not one word of it. Not one word. So if you have neighbors, if one of your neighbors said of you to, to the police, I think my neighbor is a drug dealer. I've been writing down the fact that there are kind of the strange cars show up at the house and they don't stay very long and they stay come at all hours of the night. And I'm pretty sure that they're dealing drugs. Here is a list of the cars I've seen in their driveway in the past 48 hours. So a police officer takes that information from you and goes to a judge and swears to a judge that this is the comings and goings that they've seen. And there's a reason now to surveil you either electronically or or to search warrant for your house. That would be the most absurd thing you could imagine. But what they've done is exactly that. 
Those police officers take your inf- information, they vet those license plates, they do their own surveillance, they do their own homework, and they go with evidence to a judge to get a search warrant if it's warranted. They don't take someone else's word for it. And that's exactly what happened in this FISA case. The long-term effects of this coming up in a moment. Again, if you're a social media user, I am on Twitter, at Broomhead Show is where you can find me on Twitter. Mike Broomhead, all one word. Uh, if you are looking to follow someone on Instagram, it's Mike Broomhead, all one word, and the Mike Broomhead Show fan page on Facebook. Be back in a moment about the long-term effects of this. We'll talk about it then. This is the Glenn Beck Program. And thanks again for being here. So much, so much of this is important because of the effects it could have on every American. We are all worried about government overreach. We have been for a long time. I did my mea culpa. If you remember after 9-11, we had the Patriot Act, and I was someone that said, hey, listen, if we are going to intercept inbound calls from known terrorist countries and it helps protect America, what are we worried about? I was one of the people that said that. And then I kept hearing from my friends and others that said, you know, the long-term effects and the abuse of power and unintended consequences, it's going to be abused, and you're going to see this get out of control. And sure enough, that's what happened. I want us to be safe. I would do anything I could to help keep us safe. But you cannot invade the privacy of innocent people. It's, it's almost like the Second Amendment argument. You can't take my guns to stop bad people from doing bad things. That's, 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 that's silly. But the invasion of privacy we're seeing uh, when it comes to FISA, I, I mentioned earlier in the show, the FISA courts were not, or the FISC, the FISA Act, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, came out of the 1970s, not after 9-11. This was designed because the American government was surveilling people without any oversight, and it wasn't an American principle. So FISA itself was designed to make sure something like this never happened. The only reason why this happened is because the people that were supposed to do the checks and balances were the ones that did it. When James Comey and Andrew McCabe give interviews because they're not under oath and they talk about how shocked they are at the bad thing that happened, they caused it to happen. They will be lawyering up in this criminal investigation. Now, to be warned, the criminal investigation that's going on through the attorney general, through the U.S. attorney's office, we're not going to hear anything probably till mid-year, maybe May before that investigation's over. But that will result in charges or maybe not. But that's the direction it's going. As a matter of fact, James Comey and John and Brennan, the CIA director, the former CIA director. Did anybody ever wonder from the beginning of this presidency why Brennan was such a vocal critic of Donald Trump and why he was such a critic and wanted him impeached? I think we're finding out why. Because now as the stones are beginning to turn over, we're finding out that this guy needs a dark place to hide. That he may have been involved in something. And what's funny, you can see them beginning to turn. Now the comments are, we were doing what we were ordered to do. Well, all of you veterans out there, thank you for your service. You understand that you are only required. As a matter of fact, you are mandated to only follow a lawful order. You are not a robot, and as a member of the United States military, following an illegal order does not exonerate you from charges criminally. If you are ordered by one of your superiors to do something illegal, to do something abusive, if you're ordered, it doesn't protect you. You are only to obey a legal order. 
And here we are looking at something as ominous as surveilling an American citizen. And it was the very people that were supposed to be the checks and balances that went and got the order. This is an ugly time, and the long-term effects are this. A judge in the FISC, the presiding judge of the FISC, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Courts, on December 5th ordered the FBI to review all cases that this FBI lawyer that changed an email ever worked on. The long-term effects of this are this. The FBI will not be trusted. The FBI is going to have to, and there's a lot of people that say that's a good thing. And it may be. It may be that we need to make sure that the oversight is not a rubber stamp because we trust people. Maybe this is such a serious thing in surveilling an American that we need to have verification. But you know as well as I do in a working relationship with someone, even in an official capacity, you trust people's word. And when the FBI director and very high ups in the DOJ go to a judge and say, this is evidence. I don't think a judge really in that at that stage has any reason to doubt that it's evidence. But what we found out is that this this was done by the highest level of people at the FBI and the DOJ. Just one bit of information that maybe people aren't aware of at this point, I'm, I'm guessing you are. The fact that one of the the higher ups of DOJ that worked on this case, his name is Bruce Orr. The fact that Bruce Orr's wife, Nellie Orr, worked for Fusion GPS as a Russia expert and helped Christopher Steele with the dossier should be all you need to know about the illegitimacy of this entire dossier. That when I say fired, that's not the proper term that FBI uses when they terminate, separate, whatever you want to call it, an an informant because they're not paid, so they're not fired. But when they stop using an informant, it's unheard of that the DOJ or the lawyers continuing continue a relationship with the informant. The FBI got rid of, fired, whatever you want to call it, Christopher Steele as an informant. But he continued a relationship with Bruce Orr at the Department of Justice. Why? And why was Bruce Orr not, did he not recuse himself because his wife was working on the writing of the dossier? The long-term effects for Americans should really be front and center. This investigation is going to have a long-term effect on America. And I mean this sincerely but respectfully. Forget Donald Trump. Forget defending Donald Trump. He can defend himself. Any American that this happens to, Carter Page, Donald Trump, we as Americans should be concerned about. If you pull Donald Trump's name out of impeachment or you pull Donald Trump's name out of this this report, it becomes crystal clear to anybody because the emotions are gone that the government overreached in this investigation into Carter Page. And what it ended up giving us was the Mueller investigation, two years, tens of millions of dollars in investigation and a Mueller report that found no wrongdoing. So you tell me as much as as Mueller did not like Donald Trump and was pretty vocal about it, that he couldn't find any crimes committed by the president. As a matter of fact, the Mueller report said no one in the Trump campaign or any American, as far as they could find, colluded with the Russians. Two years and tens of millions of dollars. But how about the fact that Carter Page was surveilled and he'll never get his reputation back? 
and the higher-ups in the government don't care. They will ruin anyone associated with Donald Trump. Look what they did to Brett Kavanaugh. Brett Kavanaugh, by all accounts and the people that know him, they they looked at his life under a microscope many times. You know how many FBI background checks that man has passed and none of this ever came up? But in the 11th hour, Dianne Feinstein makes an accusation of rape and that man's children, his daughters, watch their father be accused of rape. And witness after witness after witness that knew him came forward and said he is a good man. And I say this very honestly. If they had looked into my background, they would never find sexual assault in my background, ever. But I can guarantee you this. There would have been a lot less kind things that came to light and a lot more things I don't want you to know that came to light if they looked into my background. He was a Boy Scout compared to 90% of Americans, and they raked him over the coals because he was a Trump nominee. You look what's happening to William Barr. William Barr, this is the second time he has served honorably as the attorney general, except this time he works for Donald Trump. And now when he says something like he says, he is now his character. He has no character. He has been corrupted. He is a corrupt politician. Never mind how loyal Eric Holder was and vocally was to Barack Obama. That was just him doing his job and being a good attorney general. But look what they've done to the character of William Barr. They will destroy anything or anyone they have to. Carter Page, doesn't matter. That was the guy. Exculpatory evidence, they, they deleted the email. They, they altered the email. Would have ended the surveillance on Carter Page. So we've gotten the Mueller investigation. We've gotten the Mueller report. After that ended, Mueller said we didn't investigate the president for obstruction of justice. So that's what Adam Schiff and the other five committees in the House were going to do that led us to where we are now with impeachment. And it all began with illegal surveillance and a political maneuver. The long-term effects of what's happening in America right now depends on what happens with articles of impeachment. If Nancy Pelosi holds on to articles of impeachment and this dies, or if it goes over to the Senate and this is all blown out of the water, America can be repaired. But what she's doing right now is, is, is despicable, dragging this out for as long as they can into an election year. It is it is an amazing thing that's happened. And this starting with the surveillance of Carter Page has been a horrible thing for America. A comment and uh, conversation about the Second Amendment and what's happening in the state of Virginia, what's going on and how how absolutely hypocritical it is for the for Virginia to do what they're doing, considering where they've come from. We're going to do that coming up here in just a few moments. Again, my name is Mike Broomhead. I'm from Phoenix, Arizona. Happy to be here. 30 more minutes to go. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Thanks again for being here. My name is Mike Broomhead, Phoenix, Arizona, in for just a bit longer for Glenn. And uh, a shameless plug for a moment. You want to get a great gift for someone. I wrote a book a year and a half ago. It's called If You're Going to Be Dumb, You Better Be Tough. Just some advice I wanted for my kids and my grandkids. Simple, very easy to read. You want to check it out. You can find it anywhere you buy books. It's called If You're Going to Be Dumb, You Better Be Tough. Um, When you look at 
what's happening in America, we are more divided now than we have been since the Civil War. And many people keep saying that. I don't I hope we are not on the verge of violence. I don't necessarily believe that we are. But what's happening in the state of Virginia and their their governor or the Commonwealth of Virginia, they're doubling down on their gun control, gun confiscation plans. One of the scariest things I've heard, and I've been in talk radio professionally as a full-time for 10 years now. One of the scariest things I ever heard was one of the people, one of the members of the state legislature, the assembly there in Virginia, saying, I'm not the governor. But uh, what started out in Virginia as... Let me back up a moment. A couple of counties saying, hey, if we have sanctuary cities that don't comply with federal regulations or help the federal government with uh, illegal aliens, we are going to be a Second Amendment sanctuary county where we aren't going to help with gun confiscation. And it grew so that now 90 percent of the counties in Virginia are sanctuary counties. And one legislator um, saying, I'm not the governor, but the governor may have to call up the National Guard to enforce these laws. And it made such big news that they reached out to the National Guard in Virginia, and the leader of the Virginia National Guard replied, no comment. Not that'll never happen, but no comment. And we are very military heavy in the state of Arizona, guardsmen and reserves, guardsmen and women and reserves here, a lot of them. We have Luke Air Force Base and Davis-Monthan and so it's, there's a big military and a huge veteran presence in the state of Arizona. But it's I believe this is typical of the rest of the country. I am immersed in the National Guard. I do a lot of work with the military organizations and veterans groups here. It's a privilege to be able to do that. The idea for a guardsman or a guardswoman to be called up and be ordered by their commanding officers to take up arms and go door to door and confiscate the weapons of their neighbors can you imagine putting those people our neighbors that we hold in such high esteem i'm sure it's this way where you are but i know where i am there have been multiple deployments by the national guard out of arizona these are people that live regular lives and have volunteered for service and they get called up for their duty and their their families are separated sometimes 11 months 18 months at a time multiple times over the last few years last 15 years, and they do it because it's their duty. They do it because it's what they signed up for, and we hold them in the highest regard. And now it's possible in Virginia that they are going to call up the National Guard. They didn't say no. That's why I'm bringing this up. Imagine someone in the Guard being told that their assignment, their order, and the governor of Virginia said it is constitutional. They wouldn't make up unconstitutional laws, which is scary enough. If they have to make two choices, either face court martial and jail or take up arms and go disarm the public. It is a thought that the people that I know in the guard, I believe, would refuse. But I don't know that all of them would. But now how about the reverse for the rest of us? I dedicate my volunteer hours with first responders because my brother is a cop and with the military and veteran groups because I lost a brother in Iraq at the very beginning of the war on Memorial Day of 03. I'm the oldest. My middle brother was killed in Iraq. So I dedicate my free time and my service time to veterans. 
imagine I'm faced with either handing a government official my gun, a soldier, my firearm, or pointing it at them. I want you to think about your government putting you in that position. And I'm not calling for violence. I will never call for violence. I, I think I, I, I pray. I honestly, this is not a cliche. I pray that that never happens. But you look at what the reality is in Virginia and what they're facing. The Democrats have taken over in Virginia, and it's not just the Democratic Party. The very, very far left has taken over, and they are ordering confiscation of guns. The governor says he supports the Second Amendment, but what he wants to do doesn't violate the Second Amendment. When you have American citizens faced with either handing their guns over to the government or pointing them at the government, you are showing exactly why the Second Amendment was written in the first place. It wasn't hunting. It wasn't protection of your home. It was when a government gets oppressive. The irony in all of this, and I have this on my Twitter account. If you go to at uh, Broomhead Show on Twitter, I tweeted this out the other day. The Virginia State Seal is a patriot standing on the chest of a tyrant holding a spear in one hand and a sword in the other. And the state motto of Virginia when translated, is thus ever unto tyrants. The irony in that is amazing. And this is what's happening in the state of Virginia. I know someone's going to say Commonwealth. You look at what's going on, and it should scare all of us. I could give you all the Second Amendment arguments in the world that make reasonable sense that you can't protect us by disarming me. We're not a, I, I am blessed to live in a state that has the least restrictive gun laws that I know of in the country. In the state of Arizona, if you legally own a firearm, you can conceal it without a permit. Put it in your pocket, put it under your seat, put it in your waistband. You do not have to have a permit to carry a concealed weapon in the state of Arizona. People were terrified when this law went into effect. And there has not been bloodshed in the street. There haven't been gunfights. We are not the OK Corral. What you see are the same reasonable people that wore it on their hip or kept it visible in their car are just as reasonable when they're in their pocket or within the within the waistband of their pants. Reasonable people with firearms are not the problem. And yet the demonization of reasonable people is the problem. You want to know why? And I'm. this is not a commercial for the NRA. I'm telling you why I am an NRA member is because... This is the kind of thing that they lobby for. When you hear the left complain about lobbyists, they love Planned Parenthood. They hate the NRA. They love the AARP. Um, they hate any right-wing lobbyists that they call right-wing. They have no idea what the NRA does. They have no idea the NRA's training. They have no idea that they are the biggest safety mechanism in the country when it comes to gun safety. All of the things they do, they don't sell guns. And no one that I know of has ever been an NRA member that was a mass shooter. But we're not even arguing that part of it. We're talking about the state of Virginia and the governor and the legislature's flipping to not just Democrat, but very liberal Democrat. And out of the gate, they are going to put American against American. And they're not backing down. He, the governor doubled down on this entire idea. And it, it is something that should scare all of us. I will defend my Second Amendment rights. I, I believe 
you know, but I am also a law abiding citizen. So you're going to put me in a position where I'm going to have to fight for my constitutional rights and disobey a law and possibly go to jail for something that we all know is absolutely illegal. And yet you look at what's happening in Virginia and it's right in front of our faces. I'm not trying to be overdramatic. But when the when they're saying it's possible and the National Guard is saying no comment, why wouldn't they be terrified? I never want to see a civil war in America. I don't want to see anybody rise up violently against the government. What I want people to understand is the American people are being put more and more in a box and they're being told we're being told by by AOC and by Bernie Sanders and by Elizabeth Warren that socialism is what the world wants and we understand that it isn't and we have the power to vote. If this doesn't wake up the voters in Virginia, I don't know what will. I'm not talking about rising up with guns. I'm talking about rising up at the ballot box in 2020. Send a message in the House of Representatives. Have Nancy Pelosi hand that gavel off to somebody else. Make sure that there is more of a majority in the United States Senate that's going to work on the budget and work on the deficit with the president. And in your local elections, wherever you are, make sure that you are electing people that are going to adhere to what you believe in. The silent majority can't be silent anymore. I don't know where you live, but if it happened in Virginia of all places, it can happen where you are. It's complacent people that don't get involved. One more segment to go here on the show. I've got one more before I am done for the year. So I'll be back in a moment. My name is Mike Broomhead, and this is the Glenn Beck Program. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Hey, thanks again so much for being here. My name is Mike Broomhead and um, from Phoenix, live in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, I always appreciate being in on Glenn's show. It's uh, it's always a privilege. He's uh, such a good friend and such a good guy who has been a mentor to me in talk radio, and uh, I wish I could explain to you how blessed I feel to have him as a friend, but uh, to also for him to trust me with the people that listen to his program. Um, this time of year, I get very, very nostalgic about my life. I'm I'm blessed beyond measure. And I mean that sincerely, that I, I take inventory of the people in my life that I have that I love so much. My family will be joining me for the holidays this week, and um, I can't tell you how much I, I, I admire my brother, my surviving brother. He has been my hero my whole life, and to be able to spend the holidays with him and with his, his, uh, my nieces and nephew and my sister-in-law uh, is an amazing privilege. But when I look at, you know, we, the things we talk about on the show and we talk, they're important issues of the day that divide us politically. The fact that Bernie Sanders campaign has put out a guide to persuade people. It shows you what the opposition is to a lot of us. I truly have been focused on this time of year. Every year I focus on how blessed my life is. What you're seeing from the opposition is what consumes them, where you and I would say, I would say to you, because of my faith, this is the the second most important day of the year in my faith, which is the birth. We celebrate the birth of our Savior. The most important day would be Easter when we celebrate the finishing of, of the promise. And I'm not going to preach a sermon, but for me, this time of year makes me reminisce of on just how blessed I have been in my life and what God has done for me and how little I've done in return, I believe, for others. And it, it, it makes me want to dedicate my time to do more for people. 
But we do talk about important issues that we're facing as a nation. And we look at the opposition with Bernie Sanders telling people, young people, this is what you do when you go home for Christmas. This is how you fight in the opposition. And there is this is their religion. Government and socialism is their religion. It's they believe that the salvation or the saving from every problem, the solution to every issue facing a person is a government solution. Tax and spend. We're going to fix. We're going to take guns and make you safe. We're going to tax the rich and give you an education. We're going to do this to save you from that. And we're going to fix racial problems and we're going to fix gender problems and we're going to fix sexuality problems. And and we are the answer. And government has never been the answer any place in the entire world. And without preaching the sermon, I think for most of us that celebrate Christmas for what it is, we understand that this is the season where we celebrate the two solutions to problems. And that is my prayer for myself and everyone else, is that the focus that we can have, even for this short time of year, that we're kinder to other people because we understand that we've been given a a kindness shown to us that we can never repay. It may sound like a cliche to a lot of people, but no one knows my dark secrets like me, and no one understands that I am as undeserving of any kind of kindness than God himself. And so I would rather have this feeling throughout the year that I want to be able to be a little bit more considerate of other people because I myself know I've been given consideration that I didn't deserve. And it, it, when we talk politics, which I love talking about all the time, but we realize that for other people, that, that is their religion. That is what they, that is what they hold most sacred. And we are up against a battle that we have to be educated. We have to be able to defend. And for those of you that are in ministry, you understand the apologetics course. It's not just what I believe, but why I believe it. That we must be wise. We must be everything that is necessary in order to push back what's facing us right now. We talked about Virginia and the gun confiscation, which we know goes against every American principle. The, the, the taking away of your freedom, the destruction of the, of the insurance ag- industry, the Federal Bureau of Investigation abusing its power and it may not see the light of day and the complete unfairness of the United States media. All of that is, is a truth in the minds of conservatives. At the same time, we win when we discuss the issues. So I want to thank everyone. Again, if you're a social media user, you can find me on Twitter at Broomhead Show, Mike Broomhead, all one word on Instagram, or the Mike Broomhead Show fan page on Facebook. Would love to correspond with you, but I really do. My prayer is a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah to people, and a Happy New Year. Hope to talk with you again. Again, it's a privilege to be in on Glenn's show and speak with this audience as often as I can. And uh, he truly is a great friend as well. So from the Mike Broomhead, from Mike Broomhead here in Phoenix, Arizona, to all of you across the country, a happy new year and a Merry Christmas. God bless you.